0: to another episode of That's A Wrap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. Thank you for joining us on this uh, day after Canada Day, a very balmy one outside here in Toronto. It is, I think, currently 36 degrees out there. It is scorching hot.
1: 36. Yeah, Lord.
0: So we hope you all had a very enjoyable holiday and happy Canada Day to everybody out there listening. We are, again, recording this on Thursday, July the 2nd. The NBA landscape is moving at a very fast pace, um, and we're here to talk about it. So on the call today, we've got Drain, we've got Jay. How are you guys doing?
2: Very well, very well. Uh, Speaking of numbers, it's not just the temperature that's going up. It's also COVID numbers, so please be Mm -hmm. careful. Please wear a mask. Uh, Things are opening up, but please exercise caution. We all want to get outside, but please stay safe so you and your loved ones can stay safe. Jace, how are you doing?
1: Yeah. I'm good, man. Speaking about exercising, like, I know that it's mandatory now to keep your mask on and everything, but I'm like, it's not like people are really exercising in gyms anymore. So like, I'm like, Jay, I know that it's a summer vacation for your kids now. And I know that we were just talking about slipping slides outside, but 36, bro, I, this is why I'm staying indoors. I'm an I'm an indoor kid, man. Come on. Oh, yeah, I
2: agree. It's 80s, 90s generation. We, we could all blame Nintendo, uh, but yes, we're all <laughs> indoor kids
1: here. So I I'm not blaming anybody. All I did was Nintendo. Sticking with with the
0: theme of, of exercise, though, someone who has been exercising very much is Mark Gasol. Have you? Uh-huh. I mean, I know we've Good mentioned boy. it on a previous pod, but he's
1: looking great. Nick Nurse has been. He looks like he looks like he's gonna go on like a triathlon, man.
2: Oh, or I real. like what uh, Norman Powell said, the Barcelona team. I think it was Powell
0: who said it. Oh, yeah. I think it was Powell, yeah. <laughs> he he
2: and, looks you like know,
0: he's th- ready for the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> Nick, Nick Nurse even like verified that. Honestly, he looks great. He looks really fit. So hopefully that translates to the rest of the team. We tra- and I'm hoping that we get to hear more positive news out of the Raptors uh, squad. And, and I think we are. And, mm. I, what I, and I think that the, I guess, lack of news out of the Raptors camp in terms of... COVID related items is at least presently a positive. Right now, the NBA is starting to release more numbers in terms of how many players and how many staff members have uh, gotten COVID. Uh, To date, there have been 1,235 players and staff tested. This was part of the return to play plan. Uh, Of those, if so, we break out those 1,235. I believe it is 300, and I think 82 were players, and the rest, the 884, were the uh, the the rest of the team and staff. And in total, mm-hmm. we have 35 total who have uh, gone positive. So that percentage works out to be about 2.8 percent, which is again. Anything over zero is a bad number, but relatively speaking, yes. when you're when you're yes. thinking about last week, we were talking about how the percentage was somewhere in the ballpark of five to seven percent, and now we're looking at under three percent. I guess that's not bad, relatively speaking. I don't know I feel bad saying that though.
1: I know. I yeah. Like th- that's the thing. Like it's there's a fine line between of three months ago. You know, one person got tested positive, and then we had to shut down the NBA. Basically, we had to shut down the world, but from that means, you know, there's an argument of saying that we didn't know very much about the virus back then, but Mm -hmm. back then was honestly, it was not very long ago. It was three months ago, maybe going to four months ago, and I don't think that we're in that position where we can be like, okay, this is it. This is how uh, the the protocol, this is what we're going to do. I just feel like Four months isn't enough for you to be like, okay, let's go back to normal because this isn't this isn't normal. So, like you said, Jay, anything above to me, to me, anything above zero percent, one person getting uh, positive, one per one death is is too much. It's just too much. And I understand that there is a whole bubble protocol. We haven't really seen exactly, uh, uh, you know, the the whole thing right just yet. I know they've released some courts out and they've released some numbers out, but it's still. It's still kind of scary. It's still a little bit up in the air. Uh, Dre, what do you think about what's going on in Florida?
2: My philosophy, and I say this all the time. I don't know if i said it on the podcast just to contradict myself. But generally, I say this all the time. Live through moderation. And that's something that I've had to force myself to do every single time. And In a time like this, that's mandatory. We are all stir-crazy. We are all going mad because our homes are now our offices are now our restaurants. So they're everything. We have not been able to see people that we love. Everyone's got mostly cons, slight pros compared to other scenarios. But the point is we're all going mad. So of course we would all love to get out there as soon as possible, but you can now just do it wisely. Like, Don't do your groceries on the weekend, if possible, if you know everybody else is going to do it. Go at a time when you think it's going to be empty and you're exercising the proper strategy to getting your food. Keep being wise. Keep using your mask, your gloves, everything. Don't go out all the time. Don't be silly about this. You can do this reasonably. Like you, Jason, I've seen enough where... It's a little bothersome. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people live with absolutes. Things either are or they aren't. And the world doesn't work that way. Like, they're fusions of everything. So right now, we know a bit more. I wouldn't even say it's less dangerous than it was before. It's only less dangerous because we know more of what's going on. And that's it. Um, With that in mind, we have to use that knowledge wisely, and just don't think that the coast is clear, and you could just go out and pretend that everything's fine when it's not. That's basically it.
0: so new news coming out of of the Nba and 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 keeping what you just said, Dre, in mind in terms of you know being very cognizant of of what what this virus can do if not properly addressed and not properly um, I guess treated as seriously as it should be. Uh, news out of the NBA is that Adam Silver will be allowed to go in and out of the bubble. Does that yes. not defeat the purpose of the bubble? Hundred percent.
1: For for Adam Silver, I feel like there's it's either one like a slip of the tongue. Uh, I don't think that he means like I'm just gonna hop in and out of the bubble whenever I choose to, because like you're you're putting your players and the people who work for you at risk. I don't think that's what he's he meant. But for someone like Adam Silver, who's always busy and always moving, then you gotta think about like the GMs as well. You also have to think about the the players and their families too. I know that there's a lot of um I guess not insecurity, maybe not the word, but like even Damian Litter said that he was like, I'm, he's not very confident because if you have 100% freedom in such and such a bubble, that's almost like a a contradiction. Like There is there is going to be some slip-ups because that's human nature, right? And especially if you have other people who are working in the bubble that are not just NBA affiliated with, you're going to have some slip-ups. You're going to have people who are going to want to see their families and going to go out of that bubble. So when you have someone like Adam Silver say, I'm going to be in and out of... Of the bubble, um, you know, when necessary, that's probably not something you want to say at this moment. I hope that it means he's going to follow the necessary protocols. He's going to have to, you know, if he comes co- in contact, because you know there are going to be more players and more staff members who are going to be tested positive. As long as he stays in protocol, then, you know, it's it's Adam Silver. He's he's the one leading the leading this boat, man.
0: Well, I think, yeah, you also, you both kind of hit on the head where like, it's not like he's the only one who would be doing this. We already have a scenario where all of the employees will be kind of going in and out as well. Um, His quote, though, Mm -hmm. isn't that, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm, I'm nitpicking here on the way he's worded, but um, when asked the question on whether or not he will spend the entire time inside the bubble, he said, I will not. We have an arrangement there where I'll just call it a back door into the campus where you can almost think of it as different tiers of protection, that people immediately around the players, certainly anyone who's going to be playing, you know, who's going to be on the court with them, whether that be a referee, a coach, or a trainer, anyone who needs to come in essence within 10 feet of them will be following a certain protocol in terms of daily testing, protection. But then there are a group of us who will be able to come in, into the community, get tested when we come into the community, but essentially remain far more than 10 feet away from the players, and therefore be able to come in and out. I mean, that's the same for some of the Disney employees, as they also will not be living on campus. So Adam Silver says he will be down there. He will be down there at the beginning, but uh, come and go. Uh, in And he says, I think that my time in terms of running the league ultimately is best spent not living down there on campus. So his quote hmm. doesn't quite make this any better. <laughs> no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I could do my work not here, but that doesn't mean why he should.
1: Yeah, and and you know, in addition to that, you, we have a, a uh, some players who are already opting out of the season. We have uh Wilson Chandler from the Brooklyn Nets, Jordan or DeAndre Jordan who was tested positive uh not too long ago uh and he showed he told it on Twitter. He's not he's not going to participate. Uh Spencer Dimwitty, um most likely won't. He didn't really confirm if he's not going to come back. If you know, after the quarantine, Tabo Cephalosha, uh Zaire Smith, uh, Willie Cauley Stein is also uh, opting out of the season. So, like these players are understandably so not going to join the rest of their team in Orlando. I, I honestly feel like there are going to be more uh, players who are going to opt out. Uh, it's 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 a mess. It's a mess, Jay Dre. It's I honestly feel like. The, right now there's it's so up in the air that we're just waiting you know we're just waiting for them to knock on wood go back into this uh, situation in a positive note and and some you know we are seeing that these teams on like social media they are like sharing their players uh you know working out you see freaking zion williams looking like bane you see <laughs> lebron james and his teammates at the at the um at the LA facility like it's it's looking good for these players who are wanting to go back uh, but for us fans you know when we see these when we see these numbers and we see these like players getting tested and, and everything like that it's still it, I don't know it's still a little scary no one has really um, convinced me otherwise and I'm, I'm hoping that the NBA does convince me that it, this is this is a safe place for the players to go back to
2: Well, I think we all expected that, like, there were going to be some sort of numbers. And at the same time, that's why this whole bubble mentality has started now, like, so far before the season, for anybody who might test positive to have those two weeks in self-isolation. But, like, you know, you're going to get a lot of cases like uh, DeAndre Jordan, where does he have time to, to heal and play? Technically, yes. Well, he want to. No, because keep in mind, Rudy Gobert has uh, been very vocal about what he's still been going through. And he basically said that he, despite being COVID-19 free, still experiences some of the minor symptoms like he's not able to. I don't remember. It's either smell or taste, not both, because uh, before he couldn't taste or smell anything. But I think his taste has not returned, but he could smell things fine now. But he's still experiencing some things. So what about the fatigue? What about the dizziness? Like, you're still, even if you're COVID-free, who knows if you're going to be game-ready, per se. Or, you know, like, even if you're game-ready, if you have that Mamba mentality, what if you just flat-out don't want to do it because you know you feel like crap? You could fight through it, but should you? Like, you're going to see... A lot of players who might get this that will want to fight through it and a lot who are going to say listen this is just not the year and they're going to back out and that's totally fine this mm-hmm. is a crazy year but it looks like uh so far because there's a few teams that have been hit that we know of that have been hit because uh the current number i believe unless it's risen is 19 it's 25 it's
0: 25 now
2: 25 oh, now jesus uh okay well there you go um 25 uh, that have tested positive, and we don't know all of them or what teams they are even associated with anymore. Could because before it was like the Kings, yeah, and here are some specific Nuggets players and some specific Nets players, but now we don't even know. There could be Raptors. We don't even know.
0: And and for the Nuggets, I mean, it's it's to the point now where they they've they've actually shut down the practice facility. So that that gives an indication of how. How they're treating it, right? It it, we don't have specific numbers, but it's again, it's bad enough to the point where they've shut down their training facilities.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, this is tough. We knew it was going to be tough. At the same time, it's tricky because uh, we've discussed this before. The economy, unfortunately, depends on stuff like this, and unfortunately, we depend on the economy. So it's it's a really unfortunate situation where it's like. We're we're not doing this for the players to play and have fun or anything. We're doing this so, you know, all of us working class people can survive. So it's it's <laughs> it's it's a gross position to be in, and I wish it wasn't yeah. like this. But, uh, such is the world and the way that humanity has made it. So I mean, and what can I you do? I don't. The point about
0: I, the point about DeAndre Jordan is that. You know, he—he. He, this is not like coming back from a, a sprained ankle or anything of that nature. This is a life-threatening uh, virus, yeah. right? So, for him to not feel comfortable, for many players to not feel comfortable going back is—is is more than enough reason to not want to play basketball or even risk Fish. playing basketball. Um, another reason why uh, some players are hesitant to come back is you know, as we've raised in previous podcasts is what's going on socially in the world in, in terms of social mm-hmm. justice. And mm-hmm. I'm actually going to pass this over to Jason, who's going to talk about um, what what the NBA is currently doing uh, to help with yes. the Black Lives Matter movement.
1: Yes, absolutely, and we've already had players and uh, player. If you want to stick to home, we've had players such as Fred Van Vliet say that you know what, this is this time sucks. It's it's definitely not an ideal time to come back to play. And if it were, and I'm I'm paraphrasing it, if it were that a lot of other players were going to opt out, either one because of COVID or two because of the social injustice, then he would have probably st- stuck with that plan and not have played because of such. And I think that's really courageous for him to say that um because that again this is their livelihoods but what i appreciate the nba is doing is not only are they allowing their players to change the last names in their jerseys for either you know social movement tag or anything that they see fit but the nba is also planning on painting the black lives matter slogan on the sidelines of the court during the during the i believe the playoffs and that leads me to think that like this is great this is a great movement and i know that we've talked about this before what is the nba going to do to allow these players to feel um to feel like they have a voice to feel like they're playing for something other than themselves and their families they want to play because to to kind of show awareness to the things that matter to them and i was thinking about this and like i I think i saw saw this saw this sweep from somewhere else, and i can't uh, quite pinpoint exactly where, but I thought it was a great idea that if w- the jerseys that the players uh, change the last name, let's say LeBron James or Kyle Lowry changes their, bat the, the last name to black lives matter. If those jerseys could be sold online and from the, all the hundred percent of those proceeds would go to their respective you know charities or whatever they want i feel like that would be a really fantastic way to show the support what the nba is doing um the black Lives matters uh painted on a silent is going to be great i would also go as far as saying we should put the the logo in the middle uh throughout the entire playoffs i know we said this before people are going to watch and people who are not in the same black lives matter and who are who are all all about you know the other slogan, which makes no sense with All Lives Matter, they are going to watch the NBA regardless. So you have to keep on letting these people know that this is, this is the, the way to change. This is the way to show you know, the social injustice and be behind these players that are for Black Lives Matter. So I'm very happy about what the NBA is doing. I feel like they should go a little bit further. and and give these proceeds to these uh, organizations um, so they can show even more support. What do you guys think about the Black Lives Matter movement Um, within the NBA?
2: As great as this is, it's still, the the world still has a lot of doing like a lot of growth to make. And as fantastic as as awareness is, um, Brianna Taylor is no longer trending on Twitter. You know that's one of the many cases, but that one gets brought up a lot because that's one that people are trying to are trying to find justice for is the death of Brianna Taylor. So the game can keep going, the awareness on court can still happen. Will justice be served? And I think that's something a lot of players are going to see. Where it's like us getting a chance to to promote what we want to say is one thing, but this still happening, you can censor as many things as you want you can change some things as much as you want in terms of like movies and music and what's happening on a tv show but as long as there are still cops who are killing people like this especially persons of color um, of other marginalized communities and there aren't any uh, reparations because of it this will not end so at the same time it's not the NBA can only do so much in terms of awareness. A lot of us are aware. And I think bigots watching the game aren't going to change their minds because of a little slogan. They're not going to change their mind. The real change still has to happen. So I feel like there are going to be players, like maybe a Kyrie Irving or whomever, who won't want to play because real change is still not happening. And that's basically my two cents. There's still a lot of work that has to be done. And the NBA can only do so much. And awareness can only do so much.
0: And I think you hit it on the head, though, in terms of why this is being... And I think there's a way in which we can merge what both of you said into something that's actionable. What the NBA is currently doing is, yes, it, it's, it's, it is it's very much... Uh, it sounds like it's it's an awareness thing. And I think that what needs to happen is this trend and movement more towards from awareness to... To action and if we combine mm-hmm. what both of you said and say okay well Charity. let's Amazing. exactly and, that, and that's where it is right it is okay let's raise the awareness let's have the, the players change their the, the name that's on the back of their jersey my suggestion is not to change the name on the back because I'm thinking of this more from a where are the dollars going to be coming from um, and a lot of those dollars are going to be coming from fans who want a specific jersey number uh, jersey name on the back, but my suggestion would be okay. Well, let's change or add a fairly large sponsored-sized. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Crest or badge added mm. to the jersey that says Black Lives Matter. Right then, the those uh, fair weather fans who really just want um, you know this sounds kind of weird, but like if I wanted uh, a Lowry jersey. But I wanted it to say Lowry, but then there's still a Black Lives Matter badge on there. There you go. And then Mm. then you have your you kind of hit two birds with one stone. If you have those people who are hesitant to buy it if it says BLM on the back, but they are more for having it say Siakam on the back, but they still get the Black Lives Matter promotion out of it. And then use that money towards however you want to use it. Uh, what I mean by that is more for charity, obviously, or towards Black Lives uh, Matter movement type of charities or foundations. Then I think we can kind of get the marriage of the two of bringing it from awareness towards at least some
1: form of action. So kind of like when they had like an an armband around like the the shoulder sleeve or something. Kind of like I remember when they did it for Craig Sager. Uh, when they did like Sager Strong, they had, I think a, like a white armband or something like that. It could be totally missing. Well, I, I was actually but thinking I,
0: more along the lines of, uh, you know, the Raptors jersey has a, a Sun Life a logo on there because they are the sponsor. It's adding yeah. another badge, um, probably slightly bigger, probably situated in the place that's a little bit more prominent, but something to that effect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I, I see that too. I think there, all these ideas are are fantastic as long as the, the action is f- for the betterment of like these organizations right of course for the charities and of course as long as these proceeds go to these charities but right. basically what the nba is showing is that they hear us you know what i mean is that they hear them is that they hear the people who are who are asking for uh someone to to listen you know and the nba is listening i i feel like that it's it's such a there they're already trying so hard to bring the NBA back in, in regards to this pandemic. But they also realized that it's not a, even if the COVID situation wasn't here, that this, the whole movement of Black Lives Matter would still be very, very prominent. And I'm glad that the NBA is showing uh, everybody that, that they're listening. So yeah, man, uh, Dre, did you have anything else that you wanted to say?
2: Well, what I, what I actually heard was, uh, players want to stay away from featuring actual names of of people who were killed by cops in case they forget somebody and they didn't want to leave anybody out because all of these lives are important. So uh, regardless, shedding light on particular issues that might not be a current part of the conversation and should be, as long as it's not bigoted Mm -hmm. or an all lives matter kind of counterattack, I think is also really interesting. So I guess we'll see what what comes out there because there's already some deviations away from what this was originally for, was for Black Lives Matter. But a lot of players are saying, since you've asked, here are other places I need help. It, it'll be interesting for sure. We'll see where it goes.
1: I'd go as far as say that, you know, if if you're going to add Black Lives Matter on the sidelines, you would also go, like I said before, go with the slogan or go with the logo in the middle and also add the names of everybody who uh, was, you know, their lives were taken because of the cops on the floor too.
2: Unfortunately I'd, I'd really there's like to not enough at this space. point I
0: don't I was just gonna say the same thing. I don't know if it's gonna fit and that's that's really sad.
2: You could put them on all really of the seats in the auditorium and it would still not be enough. And that's what's really sad. I I know.
1: Yeah. I know it's it's a sad situation but you know I'm I'm glad that the NBA is doing their part and I'm glad that you know we're we're trying to do our part as well making giving an awareness talking about it because this stuff shouldn't shouldn't end and I'm glad that we are able to talk about this now but all right let's let's take a little bit of a break guys and let's go back home let's go back to talking about the Raptors and maybe we'll talk about a little bit of uh, Raptor rivalries what do you guys think all so, right let's good. get yeah. you thought you guys do.
2: Basically, how you could follow in the footsteps of Nikola Jokic and Mark Gasol and become thin Gasol and thin Jokic. You just have to get this product.
1: <laughs> so we were just about to hit break. Uh, there was a Woj bomb just came out five, like five minutes ago. Uh, J- Jay, can you let us know what Woj is telling us?
0: Yeah. Uh, so again, we just as a reminder, we're recording this Thursday afternoon, July the second. So this is probably much more, you know thought out or at least expanded on as you listen to this podcast. But uh, Woj is just tweeting that a second bubble is uh, close to being signed off in Chicago, where the eight teams that were left out, yes, the Delete Eight, will be invited to Chicago for mini training camps and some games uh, with a target date of September uh, this feels very much like the NIT tournament or the uh, consolation playoffs in fantasy. Yeah. Um, guys, some <laughs> initial thoughts here on, on the Delete Eight getting some run.
1: If uh, there is a trophy, there has to be like, thank you for participating trophy. We all had those when we were kids, man. A
0: giant oh, like a participation about- banner.
2: Like a yes. golden. <laughs> about- like, just the thing where it's like, you are the best ever <laughs> wars. Like-,
1: like, who's going to. I don't think any. I'm pretty sure you know Carl Anthony Towns or Trey Young isn't there. They'll probably play, but it'd be more of like a pickup game than anything. I feel like this is there's. It's not going to be a league. No, is there? I don't know.
2: No. What do you guys think? it, It can't be like it's. It's probably just for like rounding up the season, figuring out worth in trades and stuff in the off season. I'm not entirely sure, but game wise. Which actually, hang on a second. Carter's not done yet. Oh
1: Ooh. my gosh. Oh, you have a good point there, Trey.
2: Okay, so oh. this is going to be so the first thing I thought of was when the news came out of coronavirus and they brought Vince Carter back just to shoot a three. It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be the send off for him, but it's like, wait a second. He's not finished yet. So if this happens. Oh, I'm going to. I'm
1: gonna tweet that I out.
2: Was like it. I'm on the right now, Jason. You want to tweet this? Why
0: don't you tweet this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Unless he opts not play, which is entirely possible given his age and this, the you know the nature of coronavirus, but he could go out right. on a massive eye, like playing with with the youngins with these. Because let's be honest, a lot of these crap teams are developing teams. It's, the Wolves, it's the Suns, it's the Hawks. It's these teams that aren't great right now but could be great later. So can you imagine? It's going to be Mm -hmm. almost like pseudo all-star territory where it's like just fooling around, having fun. I can guarantee it's going to be casual like that. So if it is and Vince Carter finds it in himself to do it, this could be one of the great send-offs to a veteran player of our time because it's basically just going to be eight games of him being flashy and shooting the shit and just <laughs> having fun. It's going to be amazing.
1: Every single game that has that features the Atlanta Hawks, there's just going to be a halftime uh, dunk contest just for Vince
2: Carter. <laughs> or I the three nice ball, that. if he wants to do the three-point shootout instead. That's eh, true. We don't want his I knees going out in the way. last week of game. Like, come on. And this also okay.
0: like adds another layer of like, okay, what does this also mean for draft position, right? Like, our, yes. our team's gonna go full on tank and continue to try to get you know a worse, or I guess better draft odds. I mean, there's there's a lot of implications to this as well from from a drafting perspective. So, uh, but the thinking behind it, and this is what um, I believe it was the Hawks GM, I forgot his first name, uh, Travis Schlenk was saying is that there's value in every team playing because you want at least the young guys to get some run and get used to playing in this NBA environment to be sitting out something like nine months between games for, again, just specifically speaking about those eight teams. uh, He made a valid point, right? Like they, they won't be playing for nine months, right? So it's good that they can kind of get some run. it's also bad because again, we're, we still are very much concerned about coronavirus and, and, and the spread of this. And so um you know, it's an it's an interesting stance uh, by the NBA to try to get this second bubble going. Um, I will stay far far away from Chicago. Is, is my <laughs> final words on that. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I mean the the NHL playoffs or hub city is going to be Toronto and Edmonton. So you never know if if Chicago doesn't work out, we could see some NBA action in Toronto. Uh, still
0: there's a, a lot a of virus. Leafs jokes.
1: I will, I will I will refrain from the Leafs jokes, but um, that's <laughs> yeah, just that's fair. All right. So, speaking of Vince Carter, I wanted to bring up uh, some rivalry talk when it comes to the Raptors. And I, and let's be real: twenty five years in the last twenty four years. Okay, you know we've been pretty good for the last five years. Let's say the last twenty years prior to us being in the playoffs regularly, we were crap. All right, we were we weren't very good. But that that also means that we we probably had some uh rivalries happening throughout our our tenure as 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 an nba team so i have mine i wanted to ask you guys as a raptors fan and going through the thick and thin and finally getting watching the team raise a trophy last year what do you think is the biggest rivalry for the toronto raptors dre do you want to go first
2: uh sure but i just hope not uh... Take any of, of the ones that you guys selected, because let's be honest. If it's the same,
1: it's just the same.
2: And that's that's fine.
0: Totally fine. It's fine if we all have the same. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, we'll have <laughs> exactly. you
2: start. Okay, so um, actually, actually, no, hang on a second. I'm gonna go a little different then, because uh, this one for me is is personal. There's another team that I'm sure one of you guys will pick up. Uh, uh, you know, hint uh, playoff struggles uh, a rebranding of Toronto wink wink nudge nudge but I'm gonna go somewhere else and it's one that I think is right now is a little petty given that well we're clearly better no disrespect I'm gonna go the Wizards um ever since yes Yes, I agree They're, they're definitely one of them Paul Pierce who's unnecessarily one of the biggest Raptors haters in the world um I don't know. Maybe they didn't make enough of a of an outcry when he when he crapped his pants in the middle of the playoff run. I don't know, but um, for some reason he has it out against the Raptors. He hates. He's, he has claimed the Raptors dinosaur jersey, the purple one, as the worst jersey in NBA history, which I think he's out of his mind with saying. But for the longest time, he has had it out for us as you know in his mind the the silliest worst team in the league. And this
1: Okay, wait. So are you are you choosing Paul Pierce as the rivalry, or no, or the, the Washington Wizards? Wizards, as the the wizards
2: because this the is wizards. where it all starts. Okay. This all starts oh, okay. when we. Okay, this sucks. We got swept by them in the playoffs, and he sat on his Game of Thrones chair, basically saying, "Nah, I'm the king of the North," and that's where it all started. And. You know, technically, this rivalry has been kind of going for years because, you know, we see them a lot in the East. Uh, Even like in the Jordan uh, years, I remember like things like when I would go to Wizards games, things just got a little bit more heated. There was always just that undertow of like or the underflow of like things that, you know, just being in a Wizards game was just like extra hype or extra annoying. Um, It's always been like that. It's like that with any team in the East that face each other often. So, once this thing happened with Paul Pierce and then it was like playoff run after playoff run, you know, Bradley Beal and, and John Wall specifically would be like, "Nah, no, we're going to take, so we face the Raptors at the playoffs to kick their ass again. And it's like, you don't have Paul Pierce anymore. So like, I mean, the guy's retired now even. So I don't know what you're all, what you're on about, but for years they've wanted to see us in the playoffs. And if they did, we kicked their ass. And if they did it, they lost to somebody else or they didn't make the playoffs. Like, they have had it out for us and thought ever since that year that they're better than us the entire time, when right now it's simply not true. And that one is one that I kind of enjoy right now because because of that initial awfulness that the Raptors had getting swept by them in the playoffs when they were the favorite of that matchup, to us just... Like shrugging and being like, why does this still exist? Like you're not beating (laughs) us. You're not that great at all. Like, it's it's really funny. And I'm glad that it still exists because I can comfortably say in this rivalry, compared to others, whatever, but this rivalry, as it stands right now, even with most of the most of the all-stars and stuff on that team still being there, we're a hell of a lot better. Like it's not even a question of debate, like no, we're better. Like that's it. Next,
1: yeah, I agree with the Washington Wizards. They, especially when we got like that, that, to a lot of people and myself, I think when we got swept by the Wizards, that was the worst and most embarrassing time of being a Raptors fan because of how much crap we got from it, and then the the whole Paul Pierce things of like you know the we don't got it factor and all that stuff. I agree wholeheartedly with the Washington Wizards. I don't like that team. I like Bradley Beal. Get him out of Washington, please. Yes. I like Bradley Beal, but ugh, the Washington Wizards. Gross. Jay, what about you, man? Do you have a Raptors rival team or player? What do you got, bro?
0: Wow, I can't believe I'm going to agree with you guys. Uh, and the reason why I can't believe that is because I came into this thinking, first of all, that the answer would be easily Cleveland for all of us. Cleveland and or LeBron. And then my, right. my, my thinking after that was second to that would have been the Brooklyn Nets and or Paul Pierce. But here's the problem with Brooklyn Nets and Cleveland is that for there to be a rivalry, both teams would have had to beat each other. And in both of those cases, we never beat them. We never beat the Nets in the playoffs. We never beat Cleveland in the playoffs. So it, it's not a rivalry if only one team is winning. So I'm going to have to agree with you guys on the Wizards, because mm. at least there have been victories on both ends of the spectrum. It's way easier if the question was who is uh, you know, the who biggest villain, let's say. right? If yeah. we're talking about villains, yeah. then fine. LeBron will be up there. Paul Pierce will definitely be up there. But they're not rivals if we have not beaten them, which is really unfortunate because I really want to say either LeBron or, or, or Paul Pierce. But I'm going to have to agree with you guys and say it's either the Wizards or the Celtics. But at least with the Wizards, it's happened in a playoff setting. Uh, on both ends so yeah i'm gonna agree with you guys say it's the the wizards nice. almost by default
2: Here I, so, I was thinking think i'm gonna be yeah. like you know the outlier but okay yeah i thought like you uh everybody was gonna go cleveland so
1: there's a yeah. lot to it when it when it comes to the wizards i think the the paul pierce thing is really big because that can go hand in hand that's why i asked trey paul pierce as a rival or Washington Wizards Rafa and I feel like that goes a little bit hand in hand because yes. yeah Paul Pierce has it out for us for some reason and that's fine that's fine this guy you know had to you know take a shit during the playoffs he uh no, got no, a lot no. of crap he, during no, his
2: he didn't. that's his cover up he fully shit himself yeah. <laughs> every that He did
1: yeah and saying. and you know he I the the one the few times where I respected Draymond Green when he like called Paul Pierce L saying they don't love you like that man they don't love they're trying to get you on a farewell tour they don't
2: love you like that bro but speaking oh, of rivalry there's also Draymond Green
1: there's a well Draymond Green is mostly he just wants to be uh, a nuisance for That's everybody true,
2: for everybody but you ever know? since that uh uh we went back home uh fun times ahead which uh, let me let me uh, remind everybody, uh, Golden State has not had a single fun time since that message. So um, that's
1: true. That's true.
2: That, there's also that. So that's unfortunate.
1: So I want to say that we're all in agreement, but I I know that in order to be, you're, I'm taking you know a step from your playbook, Jay. Is there has to be something when it comes to the playoffs, right? But I'm I'm thinking also in fan base wise. So I'm going to go the other way around. I'm going to say who, wa- who th- thinks that we're the rivalry. And yeah. I have to say for the other team, I don't know if you guys are on the same page, but to me, I think it's Detroit.
2: Oh, Every
1: single time we face Detroit... It is a sold out arena of Toronto Raptors fans. They must hate us. There's For never sure us. there's never been a time. Maybe maybe if they, you know, uh, you know, rest in peace when Kobe was was here, when, you know, Steph Curry is here, when LeBron's here, you'll see like all those jerseys. We're not a team, right? Not not like the entire arena going after the home know. team. It's again, yeah, absolutely. They're they're definitely co- close. It's maybe what, like a five to six hour drive, so 100. Yeah. percent But if it was that easy, then why don't why doesn't Detroit come here, right? Yeah, I think it's the so, same
0: thing that we we're saying, earlier, which is like, okay, if if Raptors fans view Cleveland or LeBron or Paul Pierce as a quote unquote rival, when really they're just villains that we don't we can't defeat or we have not defeated mm-hmm. yet, um, it's kind of what you're saying here. It's like okay, Detroit probably views Toronto as a a villain or possibly a rival. And um, yeah, I, I see what you're going with this.
1: Yeah, I I just feel like every single like if I was a Detroit Pistons fan, our team is not very good. We've had, we have the, you know, ex Toronto Raptors head coach that are trying to bring us back to the playoffs. And each time the Raptors are, you know, you look in the schedule, it's like, when do the Raptors come here? Okay, I'm going to avoid that game because most of the people are going to be drunk Canadian fans. So I just feel like as a Detroit Pistons fan, I would hate to see the Toronto Raptors, man.
2: Well, there's, there's one kind of what was the question again? It's like who they who views that who we are? views the
0: Raptors who views the Raptors as a rival. We may not view them as a yeah. rival, but who views the Raptors as a
2: rival?
1: I Since be, we've kind of uh, agreed that the Washington Wizards is the Raptors' biggest rival, okay. For us, who well, who do you think views us as a rival?
2: Would I be completely out of left field in thinking San Antonio? Right now, because uh, even though we don't have Danny or Kawhi anymore, they're gone and they're not in San Antonio. Meanwhile, they have a lot of dregs of our team. I don't know who's on the roster currently right now, but DeRozan is definitely one. perlo's one. Uh, Carol Carroll was there. I don't know if Carol's there anymore. I actually have no idea what's happening with the league anymore with this entire drought. But um Rudy
0: Gay is still there?
2: I, I think. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> so,
0: Rudy Gay no no, I sorry that wasn't a question, that was a statement. Rudy Gay and Marco Bellinelli oh, well, there you are go. still there as well. So like it's it's a whole bunch of X raptors there.
2: And the thing is, their team right now, I love the Spurs, and I love Popovich, and I want them to pull through this funk and make it into their upteenth playoff uh, succession season. But they might not. And whether they have to answer for it, a lot of, oh, how do I say this without being disrespectful? Raptors players not in their prime per se that aren't holding the team up as well as they once were. So that's kind of where I sit with this. What do you guys
0: think? Nice. Uh I've got two uh candidates here. Um the one I'm going to go with is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um we've Oh yeah, especially uh, because
2: of the playoffs.
0: Exactly, right? And they must have been thinking that this is the time. Last year was was the time. I I can't help but think of the parallels between what the Bucks had to endure against the Raptors last year versus what the Raptors had to endure with Cleveland a couple of years earlier. Toronto was the number one seed. They thought, okay, this is the year. We're going to like exercise our playoff demons and eliminate LeBron and the Cavs. And instead, we got swept. And the Bucks, really? same thing. So we're going to exercise our playoff demons. Finally, we are the better seed. We are the number one seed. We're going to eliminate the Raptors. We've won the first two games. And no, they get swept four more. That's it. So right now, I would think that Milwaukee hates Toronto. And... Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, Toronto can't even see them as a rival yet because Milwaukee has not defeated Toronto in a uh, a playoff setting. They're zero for two now, I believe. So, uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Sure. My my one, my, I guess my my close second would be the Golden State Warriors, only because we've we owned them all of last year. But I I would not consider that a rivalry uh, just nah. yet.
1: I feel like that was gonna that was a mountain that was a, that was ready to fall. So I I don't feel like Golden State has any. I, I feel like the entire NBA that's not Golden State is Golden State's rivalries. They, everyone wanted them to to fail because they were on the top of the mountain for so long. With the with we'll with Milwaukee, hundred percent. I feel like they think that we're we're rivals. Uh, do they feel that? Probably not because like they have the best uh, you know MVP in in the game right now. But you know who I do think that they're scared of. Norman Powell, playoff mm-hmm. Norm mm-hmm. all day every day. Who's now all season
2: <laughs> Norm, which is great. It's true. It's the same it's like like
1: I said. It's the same thing as the
0: Cleveland series, right? Where we we feel like we are the better team. We should have the right pieces to overcome Cleveland. Let's say it was a couple years ago, and Milwaukee definitely has that confidence, right? And it's still in the yes. back of their minds. They know. Well, we still have yeah. yet to eliminate the Raptors, so. Uh, I'd love to see that playoff series happen, and and I'd also like to shout out the fact that I love the fact that we went through this entire segment without mentioning the Boston Celtics. Congratulations, boys!
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, okay. the The problem is with the Boston Celtics is that it's it's not like I want to bring the Boston Celtics up for sure, but it's more the the it's not the team that I hate. I, I definitely like the Boston Celtics as a team. I like Jason Tatum. I like Jalen Brown. I like Kemba Walker. It's just like, they're just so spoiled, man. Boston, Boston <laughs> fan base is just so spoiled. They had but, such but a But the great question team. is
0: not about who, which team you hate or which one's our villain. It's, it's, which is a rivalry. And, and technically <sighs> we are point. rivals in a regular season sense, right? Like, you know, there's but a lot we've, of like, we've never I think,
1: faced them in the playoffs. Exactly, and that's what that's
0: what kind of eliminates them from this conversation. It's just mm-hmm. if you look at regular season, I think they the teams have split the last I don't know 16 games with each other, so it has all the makings of a rivalry. Just give us a damn playoff series with them already.
1: Yeah, exactly. Give me a damn playoff. Oh, well, to be fair, uh, I serious man, that will go down to seven.
2: To be fair, I can't imagine Boston hating anybody more than Kyrie. They hate Kyrie Irving more than they hate the Lakers now. Like that's how bad it's gone and so like I can't <laughs> imagine the rivalry being worse in it than that yeah. so like I think we're good it's <laughs> true
1: yeah that has a making of a beautiful beautiful rivalry but all right guys uh fans let us know who you think the best raptors rivalry is either is going to be a team or player and who do you think um thinks that the raptors are their rivalry let us know in the comments let us know on twitter uh and hopefully we'll get some better news when it comes back to the nba but until next time trey where can i find you my friend
2: you can find me on twitter at Andreas Babs. you can follow my film editorial and review website filmspatale f-i-l-m-s-f-a-t-a-l-e.com no spaces i am currently wrapping up my research for the top 100 films of the 1980s which will be up i believe uh early august so be on the lookout for that and i'm going to start my research for the 70s very soon jay where can we find you
0: uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus. Uh Find this pod and my writing over at Raptors HQ. Um, and yeah, that's me. Uh, Jason,
1: over to you. Sir, you can find all of us on Twitter at That's A Rep Pod. You can find us on your podcatches at that's, or Raptors HQ. And you can find us on Instagram at that's A Rep Podcast. You can find my work here at that's A Rep Pod. And you can find my work also at the Walder Sportscast with Walder or with Chris Walder. But until next time, everybody. Stay safe, guys. That's a wrap.